0: Uh, That's okay. Um, this should be alright. If I keep it close to here, then it should be alright.
1: Then angle it upwards. It's not listening to your beard, Daniel.
0: Try it. Test one, two, three. Titties, big titties, brown titties.
1: <laughs> Welcome to Not Culture Twenty Twenty Two, ladies and gentlemen.
0: God, we. What is it? March.
1: It's March. It's March. It's March. Fuck. March the seventeenth, eighteenth yeah it's just one of those days everybody um uh, I, I i've had a week how about you
0: it has been yeah i had a week as well it's been uh mm. busy indeed Been everywhere
1: indeed indeed yes yes mm. yes well anyway um if it's okay with you i'm i'm gonna start the official um spiel yeah sure go ahead oh shit all right yeah all righty let's go howdy folks and welcome to not culture the podcast about everything but culture I'm your host coffeeman cap joined by my co-host and um polished or getting better learn driver Daniel Levi um, hey I like yes, that Daniel yeah. how, how have you how have you been this week
0: Blah, ah, busy on the road a lot it's been hectic That's good a lot of uh runs that didn't turn into anything but all good I think it's raining slightly outside well oh, that's nice a bit of um What's it called? Sun piss piss. Yeah. I'd call it like the sun's out, and yeah, the rain's coming down. Yeah, the sun's down. up, the rain's out. <sighs> that's
1: a really good mix, though. Yeah, you, know, you know, sun on your skin, getting mm. that good vitamin D, and it's just water from the sky that's getting you wet. You know, I think that's a good mix that everyone should get. You know, every now and then. we are, we all need some, um, some wetness and vitamin D in our lives. But have you noticed that you know on every day that we've done a show, it's rained. N-
0: Oh, it's very overcast. Well, the sun, well, sun's out now. And it's yeah. rained. Mm.
1: Our entire final weekend, it rained. Our, our entire oh Saturday. Oh, God, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Sorry, if anyone doesn't, um, doesn't know, we're, we're talking about this show that we've been doing at the Mosby Arts Theatre called Bottoms Up, which is an adaptation of a show um, from 2017, if I'm not wrong, uh, by the name of Something Rotten mm-hmm. that we've been putting up at the Mosby Arts Theatre over the last three weeks. I'll say comfortably. Yeah. 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 Because this would be the third technically, even though we didn't know that we'd have an encore show performance tonight. Right. Tonight. Yes. And um, that's really been the thing that has, well, at least for me, has, has taken the reins in my life and I wasn't able to do uh, much else outside of work and, you know, doing things to make sure that I keep my power on and um, stomach full, um, you know, just, I'm still mm. trying to get back into the fasting thing, which is nice. Um, but it's been fun. <laughs> oh, it
0: has! It's very, very busy. Very. I think I. I realized this when I. Like during the show days, even rehearsal days, I, sp- I realized that I was spending so much money just trying to keep myself fed for energy for oh. the shows and for the rehearsals
1: That's it absolutely no same same um when i when I had my meals with me, I always make sure to bring some to rehearsals, mm. but then my issue was that I'd never eat during the rehearsals because we were just we didn't ju- we didn't have enough time to eat, and if we did have break time, we'd all just sit around and talk about how tired we were rather than actually eat or drink something. Gosh. <laughs> which is you know lesbians we always we always do that sort of thing you gotta love them. can't live with them. can't live without them. Uh, and i yes i just said can okay. anyway um but that's what we've been up to um wow the last time we did, did an episode we didn't we haven't even we hadn't even seen uh no way home am i correct oh jeez. yeah that was, that was, that and what then we
0: go <laughs> And I think as of today's recording, I think the official one of my Blu ray release is coming out soon. I think it has, yeah. This yeah.
1: Is, we're recording this on the 18th, and it did come out on the 15th, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, because I'm seeing all of the high res posts up everywhere. They released the, 10, the first 10 minutes of the entire movie online for everyone to watch. And um, yeah, in that 10 minutes has um, a, a really big cameo of. Wait, is he in the first 10 minutes? Yes. Oh. Um, yeah, I went through it. Hmm. He's, he's there. He's there. Nice. Sure. But yes, um, we have been busy, which is why we have not been able to do any episodes of Not Culture, but then something came around um, in our mm-hmm. you know in, in, in our abundance of free time, uh, something has come around that has really given us an excuse and an opportunity to do another episode, and that was. Uh, documentary that Dan and I were invited to see at Paradise Cinemas um, on Thursday, the seventeenth of March, by the name of of Fear. And it was something. It was something. Um, Will Will? Do you want to get into it now, or I should guess. we I like mean, breathe into it, Daniel? Oof. Because like as we started this episode, I didn't want to do any structuring or anything. Yeah,
0: no. I mean, I don't mind getting into it. All right. I think yeah.
1: Initial thoughts, and then we can go from there. Initial thoughts.
0: Think? I think as soon as I came out, it was very. I found it very confronting to a certain degree. Because the the film is about, uh, basically. It's it's told very well. It's basically the events leading up to the Bougainville crisis, and I really like that perspective. Because whenever people hear about what happened in Bougainville, they're always thinking about the war. Mm-hmm. and what happened in the 80s and the 90s. But this film, I think, I feel like does a very good job in basically setting up things for why the conflict happened, why all this started, why
1: That's an interesting all these thing. issues came up. Yeah. That's an interesting point you bring up, because... Um, uh, yes, they're going to be full spoilers in this for anyone who's, um, was planning on watch if That's okay. Yeah. 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 So something that, something really big that I noticed that you probably just brought up now is the fact that how they provide so much context for all the huge, massive events that have happened mm-hmm. in Papua New Guinea, uh, in particular with, uh, Bougainville. Um, but they never really zero in on those big events themselves. Like mm. they talk about the context and the people, the 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 things that ev- the everyone was feeling around those times, but they never really talk about the events themselves. One, because I think that these events have already been had enough light shed on them, because I'm pretty sure there was a movie, like that was made, mm. um, I think ten years ago, that it was, it yeah. was around. It was about the Bougainville crisis right?
0: I think so, yeah, during yeah, the white right in the air.
1: if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so like, like, some of these events have already had enough light shed on them and I think what this uh, documentary does so well is highlighting the ordinary people and how, what they felt going mm-hmm. through it and what, what they thought about these events and they, it does that so well to the, to the extent that it doesn't need to cover those bigger bigger, larger events and I think that's where this um, documentary its strengths lie the most in how Mm -hmm. it can tell the stories of just regular people in such a compelling way and for me I think as uh, as someone who's come from uh, a background of making videos and editing in particularly I think this is one of the first um, film going experiences where I'd call editing in a film um brave or courageous Mm. um and i i think that's 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 a testament to how much patience there is uh, in telling this story it's like like for context i'd want to throw up some of the other documentaries that have been locally produced here that i've seen and how when you watch those there's there's sort of a sense of it's you know something's Pushing this thing to be made mm-hmm. it's, it always seems to find there it, it always there, there always seems to be like an external force outside of actual filmmakers attached to it and um like for example sponsors or other producers that don't really have a creative say in it, but they just want you know oh hey, we need this thing out by you know in a month. Mm-hmm. Go get them. Um, no, but with this, you can tell that um in just just by virtue of the, na- the the editing, for me, it stuck out that these guys took their time to tell this story, and the amount of polish that come, the amount of polish that comes with that when you give an artist time to tell the story that they want to tell, it shows through this. And I really hope. I mean, no, the shitty thing is like when I when we're well, like regular people, regular people who don't really. Uh, dive into filmmaking as much as you and I. Right, do. they won't notice. These They're not things. gonna notice this for shit. But it's it's the <clears throat> people who spend so much time doing this. Like I literally have been doing this every day for the last six seven years. It's difficult not to see, and it's difficult not to point this out, and it's difficult not to praise this for praise this movie for this because that's all I can see. It's just how much time and attention and detail and polish went into this, because. Like, just, I want to ask you, how long do you think it took them to make this? Oh gosh,
0: just looking at it. It looks like a couple, looks like a couple of months. But in terms of how long the production was, like from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. I am, I am unclear on when they started filming. Cause this, cause uh, uh, for context, when the actual filming was, I think when the set mm-hmm. is, this is before the referendum. This is before yep. the Bougainville people
1: voted for mm-hmm. the independence. I think that was like the last bit of filming. That mm-hmm. like you know, um, it's the last bit of principal photography that they would do. Right. Principal photography, principal photography being when the crew has to go out mm-hmm. to gather actual, um, B roll, A roll for the whatever it is for the project, right. So that felt like that was the last thing that they did. But man, they they've also got uh, stock footage. They've got commercials from the oh, 60s. The they've freaking the propaganda Sundays. footage. Yeah, yeah. And they've got oh. like they've got they've got interviews that date back to what, 2013, 2012? Mm-hmm. If if I can remember that. Like, and so, I mean, it, this this really seems like a project that like i said they were just given so much time to work on because who knows how far um they have all this footage for but then again i want to point out that these two filmmakers alexandra berman and olivier pollet uh have made some documentaries here before Uh, i do know that i can't pull up their names right now though i'll put them in the show notes Definitely. But, um, I, 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 yeah, I just wanted to point out that they do have experience in mm-hmm. shooting and filming here. So I think it's from that. It's like, you know, when, when when you've been doing multiple projects in a single location, I'm guessing you can, like, get a pool of footage, right? And then mm-hmm. you can pick from that to create the narrative that you want to. And I'm pretty sure that's what they did for this. Which And and it worked really well. It worked incredibly it well. It was told
0: so well. And the other thing I noticed is that it doesn't have the usual documentary uh, layout of whenever there's a subject on camera they put their name and who they are how mm. they are related to this conflict there's nothing they literally just show their faces and mm. like this is the idea this is the opinions this is the beliefs and then cut to the next scene yeah but then you do feel a sense of like they're telling a story from beginning to end as they're like going down the timeline of events and then
1: absolutely and then
0: they're touching on how things were affected like When the mining starts, like, for example, when they reach the point in the documentary where Mm -hmm. they touch on when the mining started, they touch on uh, what happened to all the rocks that they dug up and where they were dumped. And then they go to the wastelands. I had no idea there were wastelands. I didn't know that's Mm -hmm. like I've I've seen the contaminated rivers. I know of that, but I had no idea that there were entire areas of just no trees. Because they dug up rocks that weren't supposed to be dug up, and then just dumped them somewhere, and that affected the entire environment.
1: Right, because there was um, to follow on that point in the fact that they they, they don't have these lower thirds or supers mm-hmm. to you know have these titles or names of people. What I think they were going for there is just an, just more of a sense of immersion, mm. because they, I think they wanted to make it more of a filmic experience rather than a documentary or a, or a news report or a journalism mm. thing. I think. They wanted to tie in uh, this uh, this journalism filmmaking and uh, investigative filmmaking. They wanted to tie it in with uh, this film experience. And I think they did a really good job of that, like you said. And the only times where, you know, y- you do... And I don't want to say get pulled out of it or because the way they did it was very smooth. The, the only time where this is changed in any way or just altered was when they would put up graphics of just smooth text only mm. and they would fit it into the cinematography incredibly well some of these some of these like standing shots some of these the, the B-roll that they've done or just of environments is, is oh. really really breathtaking it's stunning and the way they folded these little bits of exposition as text I thought that was really mm-hmm. helpful because it gave us um, like like that's it, it gave us the purpose I mean it gave us What it was meant to Exposition right And it did that really Really well And really smartly And dare I say it Artistically um, Like like the one That you just brought up A bit about the um, The quarries And how much Rock that they had To dig up to Like how many How many metric tons Did they bring up It was an incredibly Forget- Ridiculously yeah. large number And then it was just Followed by you know Only 0.6 of that Was useful mineral To these companies That were mining doing the mining and it was a really good contrast and it was just subtle and it was nice and it was beautiful and i thought they are definitely in a good direction with that in this film and i i thought it was incredible and you know i think a lot of people around the world also thought it was incredible since it's been to over a hundred festivals across 45 different countries and there's won 23 awards i'm pretty sure they won more than 23 at mm-hmm. this point 23 awards and it took the top prize at the twenty twenty Tahiti Film Festival, or a hit in Tahiti, mm. Daniel. Oh, nice! Wow. Well, at least these guys are, and mm. you know, the people oh, are. Yeah. You know. yeah. A movie like this is something that the current leaders in power, I think, should pay attention mm. to, just to go see it, because as far as cautionary tales go, this is the first one I'd lean in to say that it's actually inspiring. Mm. Yeah. Like it
0: doesn't. One thing I like about it is that it doesn't hit you over the head with a message. It literally just presents you facts, opinions, and people telling their stories. And it doesn't tell you how you should be feeling. Mm. It's like it leaves it up to the up to the viewer. It's not. It's not preachy. Is one thing I'd say about it. There's, at no point did I feel like they were trying to. Like, hit me over the head with a message. It's like, they were, they were literally just presenting facts. Right. And how it's, you were affected by it and how they told, how they were presenting the facts as well. With the, absolutely. With the, uh, what's it called, cinematography and how they, the shots yes. and the lay, oh, yeah. everything was just.
1: And I mean, <sighs> and if you come from a journalism background, Daniel, I think for anyone listening mm-hmm. who has that background would understand that when, with something like this, when, I mean, on paper, it's basically a news piece, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that should be what most documentaries are. They shouldn't be, they they shouldn't be trying to sway you in any direction. They should be just g- giving the facts, and that's what this movie does, and it does it really well. In in fact, I think the only thing I think it does when it falter,s I guess, in trying to be unbiased, is, um, I mean, I don't even know if it was trying to do that honestly, mm. but it it but. There are moments where the, the documentary, it's extremely hard and it does get emotional at points. But it's, it, it does so without any, and I say this be, like being an editor, it does so without any interference from the filmmakers themselves mm-hmm. outside of of these filmmaking techniques because in documentaries that I've been a part of here, you you, you see so much of this stuff where the filmmakers behind it, the editors, the directors, the writers, they sort of tell you the story, Mm -hmm. which I think there's nothing wrong with if you're trying to lead people in a certain direction. But with something like this, when you want to tell the story of someone else or tell other people's stories it's it's good to let the you know the people themselves do the talking and that's all that this yes, does. yeah like it literally is the only time we hear a voice uh, of someone in the production team is when they're narrating some i want to say quote-unquote evidence that they find
0: Oh, this uh there. yeah there's a very good voiceover work though nicely read of this uh uh an anthropologist hired by mm-hmm. the original uh the original mining company to yep. Yeah, his thoughts on how he thinks the company should do uh, how the he thinks the company should handle the situation how what they should do to sort of sway the local people in their favor mm-hmm. and it's just oh it's it's done it's read so dramatically and the music ah oh, it's it's just great it's just think, done so well No,
1: yeah dramatic is one word I'd say to describe it but another word I'd say to describe it is also incredibly cold
0: mm, very clinical and, and very yeah, yeah
1: cold clinical and I but it, it it serves a twofold purpose I think one to, you know, when 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 you're on the production team and you're reading something like this, again, you don't want to do the thing where you inject emotion into it and sway people in a direction, mm-hmm. but it also it 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 sort of creates the character of that anthropologist mm-hmm. who is reading through, and this is his words. He's writing them down, right? And it sort of creates that character and helps you understand who he was as a person, as this guy who was sent by right. those mining corporations to adjust and or not not adjust observe Mm -hmm. the local population and um what did he say and how would i say he um advised yeah Mm -hmm. advised these corporations what to do next and yeah twofold right it was for the narration itself but it also gave us an insight into this character and both of those can fit that description of cold and clinical and almost calculating it was almost scary the way he was going through yeah he
0: was talking about he was an anthropologist he's treated it like a study but it wasn't like a study for a university it was a study for a corporation Mm. so he was like the aims of the study and his findings and his uh, reports were angled in that way yep so i think i think that's why it felt cold because it's not he wasn't doing this study for academic purposes it was for how can this company sway the locals that's basically why basically he was sent in
1: Yeah, yeah. And, like, when you're dealing with a company this large, I think it's depressing, but when you're sent to do something like this, the only thing that, you know, matters with that is money. And money has no feelings. Money doesn't care about you. Gosh. Sadly.
0: I I did like the... There were some shots where they intercut, I guess, the positive, the positivity in the propaganda, the promo propaganda for the mine... And then they intercut it with, like, how the place looks now, mm-hmm. how damaged the environment is now. Oh.
1: That's, now, that is a really good example of, like, the filmmakers pushing that uh, idea of mm-hmm. how this has affected the actual people um, living in Bougainville now without, you know, ever having to make an appearance on camera or say mm-hmm. something on camera. Like, that is peer editing. And as mm-hmm. an editor myself, that's to, that blew my mind at how, you know, it's, it's almost pushing into satire. Right? How they how they was there, was there was one clip. Where? Uh
0: this local. there was an old a, a local guy asking no 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 not not the old man. The one who was like, Do you think we're moving too fast or something? And then it immediately cuts to like this truck like speeding around the mountain way. I was like, Was that on purpose? So,
1: I don't know but probably it's just yeah. ah, the the editing the editing in this was so good. It was, it was. And that's like I go back to my earlier point of how this this editing is like like how I describe it is brave courageous mm-hmm. it's patient because you get a mm. sense that these guys just had the time to sit through this themselves and edit this the way that they wanted to they didn't have to show this to, to an investor and say oh right. hey do you like this and then the investor would have probably been like oh, I, don't, I don't like this this guy's face is on the free for too long we couldn't even see, see his face I don't know why I sound like Trump but we couldn't we <laughs> even see his, his face probably um, I mean you know it's 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 amazing what they did with it and it shows through I mean if you are an editor and you're hearing about us talk about this movie can you go see this movie and just like talk to everyone else talk to us about what you thought of it's editing in particular because to me uh, it, it wins as an edit mm-hmm. as an edit um, uh, it's also really cool that I, I noticed in the brief that we were given for this um, the same one of the directors uh His name, Alexandra Berman. He also did the edit for this. Mm. I I saw, I saw. So, I mean, as someone who writes, directs and edits, it's, that's like, you know, the Holy Trinity. You want to do all of those things yourself. (sighs) Unless you, like, the the only reason I'd give an edit to someone else is to take something that I've seen and put it into their perspective. Mm. But if it's all you, 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 every step of the way, it's just, I mean, it's a little vain, but it also creates some incredible art especially if you've been oh, doing yeah. it for so long yeah. and it shows it shows absolutely and I know I keep going back to this but I just want to bring up just how patient and how how some of these just like like, like with the example I said how they just let some cuts mm-hmm. play out they let some of the shots that they got of people um, during interviews people giving speeches they let that play out they let them cry out uh, just mm-hmm, out, mm-hmm. out on uh, while they were being recorded on stage, wherever, wherever they were, and the um, the impact that that has to someone who is paying attention, who's given some, who's given all of their, you know, attention, and and, and, and who's basically got their claws in something so deep, like, that might be to each his own, but that hits hard. Mm. At least for me, it did. And that's one of the things I thought about it. And, you know, it lends itself to um, also, this, as an example, it lends itself to be the thing that I'd call about this being brave and courageous. It mm. does its own thing without asking to have permission from anyone else. Right. And I think it delivers on that. But for you, I want to ask, Daniel, I mean, just one thing on the top of your head, whatever's on your head right now, what's your favorite thing about this movie? Go! See Uh, the music, the sound design. Why? Thank you. I was hoping you'd bring that up because I want to lead into that too. God, no, it was just
0: done so well. The music is beautiful, how it's mixed in with traditional uh, instruments and songs and just the sound design, just everything about it and then how... It's good sound design. It's good sound design. And especially coming from... If you've seen the Batman... Oh. <laughs> that oh. was one of our issues with the Batman. Oh, the the sound design was
1: all over. The levels
0: and everything were all over the place. But with this movie... Yeah. Oh.
1: Man, it's... That's the thing about sound. You know, um, especially with people who work in podcasts now. We try to take sound really, really seriously. And we've... And I mean, this is something I've known for a long time. But like, if you have terrible sound in a video people are going to get immediately turned off because they can deal with shitty shots and shitty editing mm-hmm. and just bad um, graphics and bad visual effects. But as soon as you have this consistent bad recording of people, they would, they would rather just not. Mm-hmm. And that's when you take in um, something like this, this documentary. I want to say that a lot of people just really won't uh, notice how good the sound design and the mixing, especially, mm-hmm. is for this film because holy shit, is this smooth! Oh my gosh, there were so many instances where I just kept on wondering. It's like, how the hell did they get this sound this yeah. crisp? Yeah, no, yeah, it's clean. And I could barely see anyone, God, they weren't wearing no, labs no or anything. No I think labs. I think there's, there's one scene where I noticed someone was wearing a lav, but I mean, they were obviously using like a, a, a boom with a dead gosh. cat that was probably worth like. Five thousand <laughs> U.S. dollars or something, because it oh. gets through. And that's the thing about sound. If you don't uh, say anything about it, if you if you don't have an opinion about it, it was probably fucking flawless. Mm-hmm. And if you do have something to say about it, it was shit. That's that's the thing that people won't really understand with sound design, sound mixing, and uh, uh, well, yeah, sound design and sound mixing in 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 documentary or in a film because it's invisible. You you, you don't want to pick it up unless it's worth picking up to complain about. Or unless you're on the other side of that spectrum and you're like, oh, my God, the sound made mm-hmm. my ears have an orgasm. So, like, And like, I want to go that Gosh. far. It was so good Just in like for the music as well. I did not note down who did the music of this. But the composer was, did an the, amazing yeah, job. Is, did, and I, I, I would not have guessed that they brought in a third party composer to do this because it's such a good blend of taking all of these traditional sounds and traditional like they've got recordings of people singing on mm-hmm. screen that someone managed to blend really smoothly and transition into some scores that they've done and it was it's just mind-blowing like I understand why this film has won over 20 like awards and has been to literally around the country to over 45 I mean, I mean around the world to over 40 plus countries and I think for me that is a close runner-up to my editing Is my favorite thing about this movie mm. yeah so good pick good pick you've got good ears Daniel <sighs> Anything else you want to say about this? I really feel like we've oh been gosh. gushing. Well, I don't know. I guess the way I
0: love how this did handle the themes, because there's a lot of heavy themes, but it's not, it never gets brutal with what it shows on camera. That's like, it. It, 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 I guess it relies a bit on the audience to have at least some background knowledge on what happened, what the conflict was, and all that. But none of, uh, there's no, let's say, shocking imagery. There's no, uh like violence Mm -hmm. ever really shown in this documentary which i really like it it's more or less just people's testimonies and their memories and their stories about what happened and i think one thing that i didn't realize about it about the whole conflict and everything was i think i was talking about this movie to someone last night and i described it how just the pain the people were feeling and how it was displayed on film and how how it affected how it's been affecting them for this many years and if you, they keep bringing up the number of 15 to 20,000 or 25,000 people who were lost during the conflict and i think mm-hmm. what i compared it to in my own words was how um, similarly how how the people are carrying all this pain and how they're still dealing with it it reminded me a bit of how basically to a degree, how the Holocaust affected the Jewish community and how they were still dealing with that num just losing that number of people mm-hmm. and the pain and like how much that conflict took from them. Mm-hmm. I think that's just one comparison I drew, and then, like I said, like this 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 isn't something that's brought up in news. The pain, like we see them, I think throughout the documentary, there were several times when there's different memorial ceremonies that they were holding about, and then just just raw footage of people on stage talking about the people they've lost and mm-hmm. testimonies of how this is i lost my husband i lost my brother i lost my um, father like people just talking about how much the conflict hurt them and then like i said earlier whenever we hear about the conflict that's all we ever hear about like oh the conflict happened because of the mind but then i love how this film beginning like it chronologically sets up a timeline of how mm. this is what happened this is when the mind step first uh, like step foot in the country and how they affected everything and it was just it's very educational and it doesn't like i said earlier it doesn't hit you over the head with a message i honestly think that a lot of school children should watch this every a lot of people from our generation and mm. younger should see this movie because uh, for me and Godfrey we were not alive when the conflict happened or we were babies or very too young to properly take yeah. in what was happening so and it like I said it doesn't show horrific imagery it it doesn't show I guess news footage there, there is like some handheld camera footage. Mm. I'm I'm very curious of of where that came from. Who's yes. who was taking the footage of that? Like that's, old. Yeah. And that was
1: the extent of I'd say the most violent thing they would have shown, which is mm. basically people during the conflict firing weapons. Yeah, I and mean, that's it. And like you said, most of the, I'd say most of the pain it comes from these people just telling their stories on screen. Mm-hmm. And I obviously I'd go back to say that the editing has a as a testament to that. But it's it's. Going back to the on-ground, you know, filmmaking and capturing of the footage, it's the fact that these filmmakers just got up and close to these people and were able to just capture that and put it on the screen, and then just turn into this uh, amazing documentary. And I do agree with you when you say that uh, children should see this. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, no, definitely, they should definitely see. There's this. no swearing. There's no. Yeah. There's no. no yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, to, 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 yeah. yeah it's, it's it's clean. If um, if if there are any parents out there wondering if their kids g- should go see it. If anything, um, they'll just have to. If I mean, if they can yeah. follow along with what's been, what's being said, and what's actually happening on screen, at, at some of the funerals that are being shown, or these mm. memorials that are happening, um, that's I guess the heaviest thing that happens in this. Yeah, point. It is heavy, but it's it's only heavy in in relative to your understanding to the subject, and like like um that that topic that that thing that you brought up it's um it doesn't show these conflicts it relies on the audience to know Mm -hmm. about these things it's um like what i was saying earlier where it it, the 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 documentary focuses on the people and their stories around these events it's like it's like there's um like this massive thing in the center of this so much other things and Mm. you know it's just people around it and reacting to it and and it 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 doesn't bother to show people what that is because I think the filmmakers and this film in particular itself it understands that the, the people the audience who are gonna go see it already have an understanding of what this is it's just filling in gaps of knowledge around it and more importantly it's filling in with these testimonials of the people who are on the ground and what they felt and what they were going through which is as important if not even more important to me to my understanding but
0: any final thoughts any closing thoughts oh gosh uh, I guess everybody should watch this movie mm-hmm. I feel like if you have time and I, I'm not sure how much it's being priced for I think it's open to all cinemas I don't think it's yes. at this point I think it just like it, re- it recently released at Paradise Cinema but yep. I think everybody should watch this and I can only imagine how the international community reacted to this like you know I think uh, you know whenever they, say they see traditional Sing Sing like stuff ever presented to them on camera and films and whatnot, but I feel like it's very important for at least as many people in this in in PNG to watch this as well mm-hmm. because it, these are themes that we will all sympathise with. I mean, they they touch on things like how local people can get easily tricked or swept up in the promises of big money from these uh, mining corporations and how they can be uh, uh, basically screwed over by legal uh, papers and laws and things. And this is, it's it's a cautionary tale. It really is a cautionary tale that everyone in PNG and everyone in in the Pacific should watch before it's too late because it touches on, issues that matter to us like land rights land ownership Mm -hmm. i mean it's very relevant to us specifically because we are landowners as well like we have land that belongs to us and our clans and our families so the like i said the themes in here are very uh relatable and relevant to us so i think as many people in png should watch this as well and like you said earlier leaders should watch this as well because how oh man there's a bit where there is a bit where there's the local people saying that they weren't aware of a certain law, but then the representative from the government was saying, oh, we went around and told everyone about the law already. Everybody's on board. So there's, ah, oh, there's so much.
1: Sounds familiar. Yeah, it? yeah.
0: Yeah. So there's a lot of relatable stuff
1: mm-hmm. that
0: a lot of people will relate to in this movie. And it is a cautionary tale. As many people, a lot of, as many people as possible should watch this film. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping this gets a physical release as like physical discs that people yep. can watch as well. As an as I just want this to be distributed. It's a very important film.
1: Yeah. As many people yeah. as possible need to see this. And I just wanna say, <clears throat> as an ending note, good time as doesn't good release time for this. Oh yeah. 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 If 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 everyone knows what this year is about. And um how if in a context like that, this film can be taken as so far as how People in leadership can be taken uh, or can be or should be held accountable Mm -hmm. for um, things that happen under their leadership. I mean, this this documentary is a prime example of what people need to start doing in order to do or (laughs) of what people need to basically see their leaders as. Just people who need to be more accountable. And this is a good first step. But I think that just about wraps it up, I think. We don't want to give away too much. Mm. I just thought about a couple more things to say, but um, that's <clears throat> it's leading into the more uh, art- artistic side of this, is this documentary. And this documentary does have an artistic side, let-, let me tell you that. But it blends it so well with filmmaking and journalism, investigative <laughs> Mm-hmm. Good proper investigative journalism. I just also wants to want to bring up the fact that the other half of this um, directing duo, uh, Olivier Paulet, well he um, he she sorry, they are also an investigative uh, journalist, or they come from mm-hmm. they come from a background of investigative journalism. So it's it's not um, far fetched to say that this comes through in the film, just because of the amount of research that is is put on screen just by like some of it's given by the people obviously for context mm-hmm. but for major exposition it's given as those smooth subtle bits of text on screen and I think it's, it's never too much but it's also it gives us enough story it gives us enough exposition to go <sighs> along with and I think that's really great and I think only someone with experience like that in this field Um, with both investigative journalism and filmmaking. And especially a duo like this could deliver something like this. And I'm glad this team has and I'm so glad that I went to see it Mm -hmm. I'm so glad that we were both invited by um, Paradise Cinemas to go and watch as media because we're media now Daniel oh wow we need shirts we need shirts (laughs) Um, let us know in the comments if you think uh, I should get shirts and let me know if they should be like the shirt that Dan's wearing or if it should be like the shirt that I'm wearing which I just want to say it's a lot more comfortable and Port Moresby's really really fucking hot and um, let us know and we, we appreciate all your feedback but that brings us to the end of this discussion of Ophir which is currently playing at Paradise Cinemas um, We're pretty short sure it's the standard uh, pricing in terms of tickets and it started on the 17th of March which mm-hmm. was yesterday Thursday and it'll be playing I hope for a very long time but that all depends on you guys listening whether or not you want to go out and pay to see this movie which I think of course it's absolutely worth it um but yeah that wraps that up dan any closing remarks anything you want to say it doesn't have to be completely related to the film if you want to touch on anything if you want to just like Uh, chill and tell our viewers how much you've missed them
0: i mean i guess you know it's been a while this is our first episode of the year (laughs) this is our first this is our first episode Uh, oh gosh we should have okay we will have no, I'm I'm assuming gonna, we will the next promises, episode we will give our
1: thoughts
0: on No Way Home for the next episode because I Daniel, feel like now we you've need said to. it No Way Home and Batman
1: oh done. god now no, no, it's set in stone <laughs> damn it Daniel now I'm gonna have to you know what I'm gonna have to teach you how to edit these yourself so then you can start doing it so then I can focus yeah, on the sure. thing that's you know making sure that we're both still employed um <laughs> yeah but thank you guys for tuning in. Let me just bring up my script for the closing, closing spiel. Yes, I yes. turn Sean Connery for a second. Um. <laughs> thank you for listening, everybody. Not Culture is hosted and recorded by Daniel Levine, God Freeman. Captain is edited by myself and soon to be Daniel Levine. Yay. And our music is created not yet by the Clueless Panda, but it will be once more. I just got to bring him in and, you know, get this... Thing on the top of my list oh, Jesus Christ And we've got new episodes out Whenever they're out <laughs> Because um, I, we just gotta Take a look at that again But thank you for listening We hope you enjoyed this one And we will see you all Next time